what's your turnover rate for SDRs? How long does an SDR stay in position before they're promoted? Another really important thing is what are the SDR goals? How many people are hitting those goals? Uh, if you don't know what you're getting into, then it, you could get into a really bad situation. And if they're being truthful with you and they say, oh yeah, everybody hits their goals. And then you find out nobody does. That's a big red flag. And then I was asking, is it an open door policy? Can I speak to my manager anytime I want? Can I speak to his manager or her manager? What is the company culture like? The, cu the culture is a big fit because if you go to a company that, that has too many red flags, you're not going to last there. Landing a great job opportunity is sometimes very challenging. Breaking into tech and getting hired as a sales rep can be even harder. When I was applying to my first sales jobs, I also struggled with the unknown. What to expect, what the tech industry was like, and how do I break in? After years of being an SDR myself, I've decided to build something I wish I had in the beginning. My name is Stefan, and in the SDR Hire podcast, I interview successful SDRs and salespeople who share their stories straight from the trenches. Learn how they got their first job offers, how they succeed every day in their roles, and what makes them stand out in their organizations. We all have what it takes. We just need someone to remind us of the opportunity and give us a better chance for success. Let's get your next SDR gig. Hey, welcome back to the SDR Hire Podcast. I'm your host, Stefan, and if you're new to the channel, this is a place where you can learn from top producing sales development representatives what it's like working in tech sales, how do you break in, what do companies look for, and how to succeed as an SDR all for free. And today I am talking to Nick Phillips. He's an SDR at a company called People Data Labs. Nick calls himself a middle-aged SDR that does not have all the answers, but is willing to share what he knows. Uh, Nick is a very humble man because he knows a lot, especially about the data, uh, data selling space. He prospected his way into his first STR experience and he's been crushing it ever since. And other than that, Nick is a Marvel fan and a SaaS dad uh, of two girls, if I'm not mistaken. Nick, it's a pleasure to have you on. It's great to be here. And actually, my dad of three girls, and they're all teenagers. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're in the red zone. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay, well, maybe we can just start with, you know, why you were a Mar Marvel fan. No, I'm just kidding. Let's... <laughs> Let's just uh, cover your background a little bit. I know you've been, um, you know, across the board, like you've tried a lot of things in, in your life only to end up in tech sales, but like, uh, it would be interesting to hear what brought you, brought you up to this point. Yeah. So it's true. I've had, I've had quite the the journey, I should say, to, to bring me here to people data labs, but, um, you know, I, I started off in FinTech or in, um, Sorry, not in tech, in uh, just in finance. And after I, you know, got my degree uh, in finance, and while I was going to school, I was managing a Starbucks, and so I got some management experience. Uh, then went to like a credit union, managed a credit union, did all of that for about ten years. Um, and then what really got me into just the SaaS world was just um, I was I was getting burned out at my job, and I was looking for something else. And I came across just the weirdest profile, like the weirdest job call for a um, for a happiness manager. And I had no idea what that was. So I just reached out to the recruiter and said, what the heck is a happiness manager? Like that sounds, it sounds really cool, but 
Um, anyway, she explained to me what it was, uh, it, more like an administrative type role. But um, in that conversation, she was looking at my background. I was like, well, you should apply for our, uh, like an, an account executive role. And so, so I did. And then I was, I was hired very quickly after that. And that was kind of my, my first jump into the, the, the data world, I should say. And yeah. And then since, since then I've, I've bounced around, to, <laughs> bounced around since then too. Um, and currently I am a senior SDR at People Data Labs and I love it. It's awesome. I love it more uh, because this is, uh, I don't usually, like SDR is not usually a role that, you know, people with some kind of experience, like usually you've got very young, fresh off, fresh from college, uh, you know, young folks who uh, get into the role. So it's very, I, I love the fact that you are, well, not in your 20s, obviously. Um, and you you have, a, 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 you know, that huge experience behind you. I mean, uh, I think that's very rich for the SDR role because when we compare it to other industries, for example, uh, an account executive is like, uh, for example, in the banking space or insurance space, right? You've got these like, 50 year old like veterans that have been selling yeah. for 25 years right uh, that are armed to their teeth with like sales experience um, and over here in, in tech we've got like us you know little babies uh, with almost no beard at all trying to sell something so you know it's a it's a very unique perspective and that's why I was uh, you know very excited to have you on and, and to chat about all of this um so can you just you know maybe you can give us a perspective of what that previous experience especially the management part did it make a difference in those interviews does it make a difference today in your role as an sdr yeah so i think that like just from all of my past experiences it just gives me a confidence right so i know what i can do i have a, i have a work ethic i I'm not afraid to pick up the phone or to try new things. Um, I think that's what it's interesting about the whole SDR role is that you do have a lot of people that are very green, they're fresh out of college and this is their first job and they wanna try different things out. They'll, you know, they'll try the cold calling, they'll try, they'll try a bunch of stuff, but they get, I've seen that they get discouraged easily um, and then they just bounce around. So they, they're all of a sudden they get burned out of one job. They're like, that's too hard. Then I'm gonna go to another job. I think that what's unique about like my experience is, is being old and like the SDRs I work with, I'm old enough to be their dad, but, it, but it's nice because um, I do have that like management experience and I do have, um, I've gone to college, I have an MBA, like I have a lot of those experiences. So then when I do uh, show up to work, I like show up, I'm hundred percent here and I, the confidence to be able to sell to people. I already know what I, I know what I can do. And um, I'm, of course, I'm always learning, but at the same time, that confidence and just being able to talk to people, that's something that I noticed that at least with my age, it does help that I can jump on a call with somebody and not just jump into sales or not get um, flustered when they ask me a question I don't know. I have no problem saying, I don't know. I'm not a data scientist. That's a great question. Let me get back to you on that and just keep the call going and keep that momentum going. Yeah. See, that's that's what I'm talking about. None of us, none of us green folks, can uh, really talk to that. But no, for for real, I 
I've had, like, it took me a while to develop confidence in myself. And for example, while selling, especially when I used to sell things that I wasn't really that bought in about, meaning like, you know, um, it took me a while to kind of learn to sell like whatever, but it, it got a lot easier when I started selling myself. Anyway, um, obviously as a freelancer, not something else, but um, uh, okay, awesome. I, I love that perspective. So uh, you've been uh, you've been around the block, you've uh, had some management experience, you came in as an account executive to people, right? Yes. Okay, so yes. okay, uh, just for for everybody listening, we've got people. We have uh, uh, people data labs, right? Correct. Yep. Two okay. different okay. two different people, same industry. Very confusing. <laughs> well, maybe not. Maybe that's that's the reason because you guys are basically in the people space, meaning you deal with data about people, right? Yes. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, we'll, we'll get to that. So, uh, what happened after? So I, I saw you've been at people twice once uh or rather and you have a, a couple of couple of roles in between like what happened there yeah so the first role that was my first time in data and um it, i mean it's a great company to work for um just some some things had changed in management some uh priorities changed and after gosh almost a year um just decided i was time to move on and then from there, I, gosh, I, I sold cars. I tried going back to Starbucks. I, <laughs> I, I kind of bounced around a lot. I, I worked at a church for a year, um, but I wanted to get back. And um, I actually reached out to uh, a friend at People and asked for a reference for another job. And um, she, <laughs> she said, well, we have an SDR position that's opening that I would be perfect for and I could help develop the role and it's brand new. I'd be the first SDR. Um, and I honestly, I was like, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to check it out. And then when I did, I, it was awesome. It was super fun to be able to create a role that was different than like an account executive, because the one thing about the SDR role that's super fun and unique is that it has a very short sales cycle. So really you're not selling much. You're just introducing them to the next like enterprise sales rep, and then you move on to the next one. So you do build a little bit of relationship with people, but then you also get to like meet somebody then right after that. And then again and again. And so I really liked that sales, um, that sales cycle, but then being able to develop the role and uh, like create sequences and cadences and work with different platforms like Salesforce and HubSpot and Pipedrive and stuff. It, it was really fun to be able to be a part of that. Um, and then uh, unfortunately then People didn't have uh, another round of layoffs, and that's why I ended up at um, PDL. But um, but it was it, just, it was a great experience. I learned. I think I learned more in that in that year and a half that I worked as an STR than I did at most any of my other jobs. I, it was really really fun to be able to be a not like an individual individual contributor, and to be able to create processes for other SDRs to follow. That, so you you even though it was it wasn't an ae role similar mm -hmm. to the one you've had before you had basically more responsibility right yeah and it's it's interesting too that has like how the sdr role is kind of evolving like you can look at a lot of companies that are hiring sdrs and you know some of them it, it is just pretty much a telemarketer so you're going to get paid as as such you know maybe not great benefits but you're going to be making you know two three hundred calls a day 
you know, it, it it's it's not that hard. I wouldn't. I don't want to say that it's that's hard, but I mean, I don't want to make two hundred calls a day. But the what I'm seeing now, though, is that SDR companies are using SDRs now as they should have been before. They're using them as people that are strategically going after companies. They're doing their research. They're finding the right people. They're getting the right people on calls. They're saying the right things, and it's more strategic rather than a um, spray and pray and, and hope that somebody just responds to an email or a cold call. So I, I think that the level of responsibility and pay is going up because you do see the companies that just want that telemarketing position filled. There's, I mean, they, they, they just don't pay as well, but then the ones that do require you to get, you know, get your hands dirty and get a little bit more in there, um, they're paying well. And I, there's people now that are like, I like being an SDR. I make good money. I like being, you know, I like my bonuses and I, I like this. I don't want to jump into the next step. So it is interesting how it's evolving. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, from what I could tell uh, from people who, who I spoke with that have been in the industry for like 10, 15 years, like nobody wanted to be an SDR. Like mm -hmm. everybody knew like, okay, I have to be an SDR to get to a certain level and just jump uh, either, either, you know, in that company to the next level, which would be an account executive or something like that, or then go to, to another company and get an, an account executive role or rather the sales role, right? Uh, versus like, hey, people really enjoy, I mean, I enjoy being an SDR, um, which is basically, you know, trying to figure out how to book meetings, you know, being present on LinkedIn, uh, mm -hmm. learning different skills. And I think that's probably one of the biggest changes that have happened, uh, which is, you really need different skills today versus, I guess, 10 years ago or something, which is, you know, you need to know how to do, how to be a good copywriter for, you know, posting or rather publishing on LinkedIn. You need to know how to write your own cold emails. You need to know how to write your own cadences for that matter, uh, adjust your phone scripts, right? So anyway, um, I, I think those are like the, the biggest changes. Is, is that something you've seen as well? Yeah, because it really before it was almost like the SDR role was treated like you're an intern. It's yeah. like you were an intern and it was just this like entry level that would get you to your next step. And and I do see now that there it still is kind of like that. Like, but they're paying better and company it's it's a lot different. There's a lot more involved in it. And then the the um next step isn't always an AE. I mean, now it's like because there's SDR teams, it's do you want to be an SDR manager, an SDR team lead? Do you want to get into training now? It's like it does kind of branch out now to where you can do a lot more things than just be an SDR and then be an account exec. That's right, for sure. Uh, I've also seen uh, folks who uh, even jump to marketing in different roles. So whether it's going to be email marketing or it's going to be some kind of content, especially folks who are very active on LinkedIn, so social selling. Is it going to be, you know, a, a, a platter of, of different things? So I totally agree with you. Okay. Um, so, okay. So you basically got, yeah, you, you, you got laid off at people mm -hmm. and, and they're another, so they are a big company, right? They're like a, a publicly traded company. Uh, no, there's, they're still pretty small, um, like 130 employees and oh, okay, okay. yeah, there's, they're still pretty small. Gotcha. Well, then, I mean, maybe it's better that you have left. No, I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> so, so you went to you went to PDL. So did they headhunt you? Did you apply with them? Was it a referral? What did that look like? Hey there. 
I wanted to let you in on a couple of additional resources available other than the podcast and the social media content. So I recently started a newsletter where I break down the best pieces of advice from the podcast about getting hired, how to be a top performing sales rep into actionable nuggets that you can apply literally as soon as you read them. And in addition, if you're currently looking for an SDR role, you can fill out a form to let me know and I'll do my best to help put you in front of tech companies hiring for SDRs. All right, back to the show. I would say this is good advice for anybody looking for a job. So for me, I had built up my LinkedIn presence for, for months and I had quite a few followers. And part of it was I was just posting stuff. I mean, I'm not an expert, but I just post stuff that somebody could possibly use. So I started doing these like SDR tips. And so I started doing that. People started following me. And then I got, I was telling you this earlier, I got COVID on Monday and I was taking Tuesday off at my other job at People. And um, I took, and all of a sudden I had a mandatory meeting with HR, which is never good. And then, you know, got told, hey, you're laid off. But then what I did is, um, of course, I went into a little bit of a panic mode. And then Wednesday, I posted on LinkedIn that, hey, just got laid off looking for an opportunity. And it wasn't until like even just Wednesday, I already had like 10 interviews booked for uh, Thursday, Friday. And so it was just amazing that being part of LinkedIn and all of a sudden people are like, hey, we're interested, we're interested, we're interested. And one of those was the um, the PDL one. And um, and it, like, it just worked out so well. Every interview I had, I was like, man, this is a great company. It was a good fit. And, you know, they just, they just kind of got me that way. I love it. I love it. And especially what you're, what you've done with LinkedIn and, uh, you know, we all keep emphasizing how LinkedIn is important, especially to people who are just coming into the industry. And there's a lot of interesting initiatives going on. For example, Adriana Vidal, I've you're probably familiar with her. She has this awesome initiative that's called uh, 60 for 60 or something like that. She's working with uh, fresh folks who are coming into the industry to help them start posting and they're like posting every day for six days. That's a really awesome initiative. And also similar to, to what you did, um, I saw that uh, a Landon mayor, he got uh, laid off just recently and he's an amazing dude with yeah. some awesome, uh, you know, stuff that he's done uh, and he posted on LinkedIn and the amount of uh, the amount of just sheer opportunities that have come up come out of uh, those posts on LinkedIn are just humongous what I'm saying is um, you know not posting on LinkedIn not being present there just sharing your thoughts and expertise it's just a huge miss out on on, on the part of people who are not doing it um, so I just wanted to emphasize how important it is. Well, and people don't know what to post. That's the other thing is they're like, oh, well, I'm not, a, I'm not an expert or I'm, or whatever. Yeah. Like, you don't have to be an expert. You just share, share what you, like your opinion. And if you think it's going to help somebody, great. Cause there's, that's the other thing too, is that there are people that'll tell you that cold emailing's dead and that it's all about cold calling. And another person will say it's cold calling's dead. It's all about emailing. And some people, you know, it's just, everybody has their, what they're passionate about there's no right or wrong way to, to get a lead because it, you never know where you're going to get it from, but it's nice to be able to have that, um, the options to be able to like, okay, well, I'm going to read this whole thing about why I should cold call and why I should cold email. And then you can kind of glean from that, get your own, um, find your own voice in all of that and then turn around and then find what works for you. Yeah, exactly. And funny, you should mention, 
what works better or, or worse. Um, we've all seen so many posts that say like, this is that or this is that. And the fact is different prospects in different industries react to different outreach channels differently, right? So, oh, I love how I said this. So um, <laughs> there's this, I started something uh, in addition to these series where I interview successful uh, sales folks, um, I started something called Meet Your ICP, where I'm basically going to be interviewing folks who are um, in, like decision makers in different industries, in different companies, different sizes, across different departments. And I'm asking them those questions like, do you take cold calls? What does your inbox look like? And so you know, I guess what I'm saying is like, Check, the, check that out, everybody. Like that's gonna be, I think that's gonna be the, the next big thing. Um, but anyway, like the point is. Hmm? No, I just say that's awesome because I mean, for you to like get feedback from somebody's ICP, that's so helpful because in my, like in my world, I talk to a lot of product managers. Product managers don't want a huge email of what your perceived pain points are. They don't want a lot of content. They just want to know how can you help us? Okay, great. If it's interesting, they're going to book time. If not, they're going to move it along. So, I mean, just having that conversation with different ICPs is going to be really helpful. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm going to, so, so there's been a huge demand. Okay. We're, we're kind of sidetracking. There's been a huge <laughs> demand, like um, HR leaders, recruitment leaders, um, CROs, and okay, now we have project managers. Although I did want to interview project managers, I think that's a huge target audience that a lot of people are going after. So, um, okay, uh, we can talk about it on another on another <laughs> occasion. But uh, let's just talk about uh, people data left. So, you got there, you you got accepted pretty quickly, and then so so what happens next? What was your onboarding like? especially considering that you already have significant experience in both the SDR role as well as the, um, that industry. Yeah, no, the onboarding was, was great. I mean, the nice thing about the onboarding is that part of it is learning about the data world and, and, um, you know, what PDL has to offer and what makes us different, that kind of thing. Um, and so having the background in, in data really, really helped me um, be able to pick up a lot more of the nuances and, and be able to dig in a little bit deeper rather than starting from a very, very high level and then start to work my way down. Um, so, I mean, like the onboarding was great. It was, you know, the typical, like, you know, ramping up period and um, and it, it they did a great job as, as far as laying everything out, getting the processes, the new tech stack that um, I wasn't familiar with how to use some of these tech stacks, um, but it's, you know, they have a lot of great tools. And um, I think that was the, the kind of the cool thing is that it wasn't a, even though I'm a senior SDR, it wasn't like, okay, we're, we're just gonna train you a little bit and then just let you loose. It was more like, we, we're gonna train you with what you know, you can get loose, you can let yourself loose and start calling anytime you want. And so, um, so that was really cool to be able to um, onboard, but not be held back at all. I've never felt that, so that's that sounds pretty awesome. I gotta admit. Um, okay, cool. But what is uh, PDL like? What what are you guys selling specifically? And also, like, who are you going after? Like, the size of the market is it like SMB, mid market, enterprise? Uh, what's the sales cycle like? Yeah. So okay. So so PDL is a, a raw data company. So we don't have like a customer interface where you can put in information and. Uh, get information out. It's not customer facing. It's it'll plug into the back end. Um, we have 
3.2 billion person profiles and 18 million company profiles um, who we're selling to our enterprise level um, fintech, martech, sales tech, HR tech. The funny thing about the data world is that everybody uses data. So it's it's not so much a niche market where you only sell to HR companies. It's everybody can use us in different ways. So you can use us for like identity verification and contact enrichment. And I mean, just a whole bunch of different things. What I do specifically is I'm focused in like the FinTech e-commerce section. So, so what's kind of cool about that is that then I can learn a little bit deeper about how customers can use our data. And then I kind of pay attention a little bit more on like LinkedIn and stuff when um, when you hear like, you know, fraud things pop up, I'm like, oh, well, you know, maybe uh, Twitter with their fake profiles now, maybe they could use our data to help, you know, verify people. And and so it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of cool that way to be a little bit more siloed instead of it so broad, just because, again, data, everybody uses data in all different industries. <laughs> so are you saying you're going to have a, a, an initial conversation with uh, Mr. Uh, Elon himself? Uh, yeah, yeah, we have one tomorrow. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that that sounds like you actually have a pretty good place to regularly find prospects who are actually expressing their uh, well problems that you can actually solve. Yeah, and then and it's nice being in like in this world too, where uh, fraud is just going crazy and it's it's rising so fast that. To be able to be part of not so much a tool but a piece of the puzzle that we can help other people be more successful at yeah yeah that sounds like a, a pretty good mission to be on yeah so, so so that's totally cool okay and so okay you're selling to enterprise companies and also the fact that you're in the fintech plus e-commerce space i think it actually gives you the opportunity to really niche down and learn about those specific use cases where you don't have to kind of juggle with okay like how am I helping the marketing tech company? How am I helping the sales tech company? So that's probably data enrichment, where as with these guys, for example, FinTech, it's more like these KYC things, right? Or like, yep. uh, yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yep. Identity verification, KYC, all of that. Um, but then the, the interesting thing is then you start, if you just if you just focus on fraud alone, there's then you learn about synthetic fraud and friendly fraud and like all of these little the things that, is, is out there that you have to be, you know, you have to be uh, educated on. And so that's, that's another cool thing is that there's never, there's always something to learn. <laughs> so you're almost like a, a fraud prevention and fraud detection consultant, almost. I, I become that, yeah, when I'm talking to like a FinTech company, but then if, but then if I talk to an HR company, then I have to know a little bit about their, their ATS, that applicant tracking system, kind of what they use, what they're looking for, what they're starting with and what they want to enrich. Um, so then you have to like switch gears sometimes, you know, because sometimes you get an inbound lead that's that's queued to you. That's not fintech. So, that's so you have to be able to pivot. <laughs> yeah. OK, uh, I do want to come back to the uh, let's say the, the interview process just just to cover uh, one more question, which is something I, I, I'm going to start asking in these uh, future uh, episodes, which is like, what is a question not that you got asked? on a meeting, oh, I'm sorry, on an interview, but what is a question that you would ask to a company that you're interviewing with? Like, what would you want to know? What would be important for you? Yeah, so the questions that I ask, and I think everybody should ask is, you know, um, what what's your turnover rate for SDRs? 
how how long does an SDR stay in position before they're promoted? Um, and another really important thing is what are the SDR goals? How many people are hitting those goals? Um, because if you don't know what you're getting into, then it, it, you could get into a really bad situation. And if if they're being truthful with you and they say, oh yeah, everybody hits their goals and then you find out nobody does, that's that's a big red flag. Um, and then I ask, what was I was asking, you know, how how does leadership like do as an SDR? Can you is it an open door policy? Can I can I speak to my manager anytime I want? Um, can I speak to his manager or her manager? Um, what is the company culture like? The cu culture is a big fit because if you if you go to a company that that has too many red flags, you're not going to last there. So um, for me, it was uh, goals. What are the goals? And if SDRs are hitting them, and then what's the company culture? Um, you know, it's a positive, negative, that type of thing. Those are those are really important questions to ask before you jump into a new company. So agree. Uh, the the problem that I had was what to do when you get all the right answers, and you accept an offer and you start working, and then it turns out it's uh, you know you should have done uh, more proper research or something like yeah. that. Like, how do you recognize red flags, even though some everything seems like it's okay? So the other thing to do is reach out to other people on like LinkedIn, because the nice thing is if you reach out to an, let's say an, an SDR at the company through LinkedIn, it's not a monitored channel. So they're going to be, they'll be honest with you. So if you say, Hey, are you hitting goal? They're not going to say, Oh yeah, I, I kill it because there's nothing, there's no incentive for them to do that. They might say, man, I'm struggling. It's really hard here. And that would be red flag. Or they'll say it's awesome here. The, the goals are set. They're hard, but they're achievable. You know, you, you can get a, a better idea, but that's what I did. As I, uh, I did go to other people and just kind of LinkedIn message them just to, uh, just to kind of do your own reconnaissance and find out a little bit more about the company. Hey everyone. I started at SDR Hire in the first place to help as many of you as I can to land your next job, become better at sales and just help you propel your career. So if you're finding value in this content and you know somebody who will benefit from it, please share it with them. Tag them in a post, send them via text, share it wherever you share stuff with your community. And as always, all of this is completely free and is here to help everyone succeed. So your recommendation goes a long way. I appreciate you and let's get back to the show. So cool. Awesome. Um, so, okay, I, I would say that you are a very successful uh, salesperson, a very successful person in general. Now you're very rich, you have a, a nice family and, and a good job, if I can say so. So what do you think, like, what would you say is, is the you know reason behind you being as successful? Well, um, I think part of it is just, is enjoying what you do and finding the pieces that you enjoy. Like I, I don't enjoy everything I do in sales. I mean, the, like, you know, there's times that I don't want to make a phone call or I don't want to make 10 phone calls because I'm just not feeling it. But the parts that really make it like I get energized by meeting new people and just talking to people and having the conversations. And I think that's super fun. And to take it a step further, then if I'm able to, in a conversation, find out what what's like a pain point or a challenge and then say, hey, we can help you fix that. It feels great. So for me, just uh, leveraging my like my social skills and my uh, just liking talking to people and stuff, that makes me feel like great. And then I show up to work excited every day instead of it being like clock in, clock out. Um, it's more uh, I enjoy 
what's like I enjoy looking at my schedule I'm like okay I have you know six six meetings today I'm gonna you know I'm excited about them I mean that's just me I just I, I like that and of course I like being the best at what I do so then I can talk smack and to other people oh that's so awesome uh, so hey can you remember any uh, a very creative way that you've booked a meeting so far um I'm trying to think of I have had somebody that initially they I sent out the wrong messaging <laughs> to it was it was the right person but they're just the wrong messaging and it was in a sequence and I and they're like all the reply was hey not interested and I was like um I replied I'm like hey no problem I totally understand that I'm researching your company now and realize I sent you the wrong message and this is what we could do would you be interested in that um and, and then they actually booked a meeting after that for they said oh, I'll give you you know 15 minutes um to chat about it and so that was just kind of a fun way of taking a, a no and just flipping it around and taking ownership of yeah I just I had a, a time where I just wasn't paying attention put them in the wrong sequence <laughs> it was like didn't didn't make any sense to them but they were nice people so we were able to book a meeting and um and then you know book follow-up meeting after that yep that shit happens I mean I yeah. think there's there's no person that has ever lived that hasn't that this hasn't happened to them um yeah. I mean in sales especially uh for example things like okay you, you basically put the wrong person uh in the wrong sequence more or less that's kind of what happened right um yeah I I remember sending out uh the like i had just the one bracket versus the two brackets so it went out like okay first name <laughs> right um i had like just broken emails with I, I don't know like i don't even even remember anymore for example it would say value prop something like that yeah um and so people actually because i think it's a, a pattern interrupt right and so people would be like what what what's 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 wrong here and they would reply um and again i mean you got a reply so it goes well, and then i would say to new sdrs everybody's done something like that and i know that like first time i did that i'm like oh my gosh i'm gonna get fired because i sent off like 200 emails and it had the bracket thing and i was like this is horrible the other thing too is i think just sdrs just need to just relax and be like yeah that was really dumb and there's a chance that i sent out 200 but in the scope of things five people might read it <laughs> that's just the name of the game it's not the end of the world and just kind of learn from it but not don't let it drag you down you got to stay positive you got to keep grinding and and find some way to laugh at yourself and laugh at the situation that's so true i mean they're not even going to remember that you call them they're not going to remember your name they're not going to remember that you sent them an email like literally three days after like no, nobody knew you ever existed yeah. so it's just it's fine um yeah cool is there a thing that you actually dislike about being an SDR? Okay, you mentioned like, okay, sometimes you, uh, you know, hate doing a call or not feeling like doing like dialing like 30 minutes of, of, of call, phone calls. But like, is there any, you know, major things that make you want to like hate the SDR role? I wouldn't say major. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest challenges is as an SDR, you're working with enterprise sales reps. So you're working with other people there. There kind of tends to be um, sometimes where like an ESR almost treats you like you're their secretary. And there's this like this weird 
like almost like a parental relationship um, that sometimes they have. And I, and I, and it drives me insane. That That's one thing that drives me nuts, but I, I've noticed that just um, pushing back and, and kind of reevaluating like, Hey, we're, we're team members and uh, I, I don't work for you. I work with you. And just kind of recalibrating that relationship is really helpful because I can say I, I've had that where it's just, they just, they, they get it mixed up <laughs> and they think that, Hey, I want you to go after these people and I want you to do this and I want you to do that and be like, Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we work together. I don't work for you. We're a team. Um, and I think once, I think honestly, like that in my experience, like once I put people in check and just kind of remind them of that, then they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Cause they're not trying to be, you know, trying to be bullies or anything like that. Um, unless they really are. And then, then you just don't give them well, leads. right? <laughs> you yeah. just go to the next person. <laughs> Especially if you can like choose who yeah. you're going to send traffic to. So that's a, <laughs> that's a good perk. But um, you said ESR, let's just translate that. Oh, sorry, like an enterprise sales rep or an account executive, just somebody that as an SDR, typically you're booking meetings for somebody else, but that somebody else isn't above you. That's the way you have mm -hmm. to remember. That it's a lateral move. Your, your job you're hired for is to book the meetings for that person, not as a up and down, but just a lateral. <laughs> I totally agree. I remember when I was working in an enterprise uh, supply chain company, like uh, software for supply for the supply chain industry, like hardcore enterprise space. And there was that relationship. And I remember it being like I I was paired with an amazing dude. He's 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 so awesome, and he was you know a fair bit older than 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 me, and he was like more of a mentor than. You know, he didn't have that, um, you know, uh, weird parental uh, way of, of doing things like you mentioned. And he wasn't just, you know, cocking. He was like, I want you to do this for me. Uh, but I do remember that that a lot of other reps had that same issue. And, and you, you know, like there isn't really a, an easy way to deal with that. So, you know, I think you coming with with your level of experience, um, it's probably a bit easier, but what would you, what do you, what do you advise your fellow SDRs? Like, do they ask you, like, how do I deal with this? Do they like kind of bitch about the, the relationship they have with their ES, ESR? Yeah. So I would say, yeah, for me being super old, um, it's easy no. to, <laughs> no, but for me having the background, like experience, like I don't have a problem coming to somebody and saying, Hey, the way you're talking to me, it's not, I, I don't appreciate that. Like, I don't have a problem confronting somebody in a productive way. Um, but like, I totally get like being a new SDR green. And then, you know, you have, a, you're already like sales pressure. And then you want to, you get to the point where you want to please these people and get them good leads. Um, I think the best approach would just, just doing the one-on-one -on -one and being collaborative, like, you know, you know, Hey Joe, I love working with you. These are the companies I was going after. Do you have any feedback that I get? you know, being more of like asking their opinion and kind of developing that relationship. So it's not just, Hey, I just sent you a lead. Let's jump on a call. And it's just that, um, that one-on-one, -on -one, uh, where it's just sales related, but try to get to know them a little bit better. And then, you know, just say, Hey, I love working with you <laughs> and, and dropping things like that rather than, um, you know, working for you, that type of thing. I mean, I think just having that conversation and keeping that door open, um, is pretty big.
yeah, I love this advice. Um, and and yeah, I mean, I just I kind of related to what you were saying because like it, it wasn't really that long ago. Um, cool. So, uh, what where do you or, or rather like what would be a message to your future self in like three to five years? Oh, three to five years is. I think I would just, I would tell myself to like network more, <laughs> network more on LinkedIn and stuff. Cause I, I know that it, I can't be that person that, that posts something 600 days in a row. Like I just, I, I, I haven't done that, but maybe that's, you know, in three to five years, I mean, I see that a lot of people that are very successful on LinkedIn, they have a lot of followers and it does come with consistent posting. Um, I think for me, it would be to uh, to add that to my daily routine and and to have more of a daily routine because that's one thing about an SDR world is you don't have a daily routine. Everything changes from day to day, so it's hard to manage yourself to be like, okay, from this time to this time, I'm working on sequences. This time to this time, I'm working on cold calls. The only thing I could say to block out would be cold calling because that's the only thing that that you really do need to block you know, a two hour block for that, because you, you'll never fit it in if you don't block that part out. So speaking of, of future, what would you like, where do you see yourself? Uh, you know, what are your next steps? Would it be an account executive? Would it be like management? Would it be something completely new again? Yeah, I think I would, um, you know, at this point, I, I love managing people. I love helping people and developing them. And helping them be successful, especially when they don't, especially if they're new and they don't think that they have any transferable skills. Like they're like, oh, I, this is my first job. I've never been in SDR. But then you find out, well, you were on the football team or you're on the lacrosse team. You have teamwork experience or you worked at McDonald's for five years. You know, you have cash handling, you know, you can deal with um, rude people. You can, <laughs> you can deal with customers. I love being able to help develop people and say, you have a lot more you bring into the table than you think, and then just kind of help develop that. Um, so that's one, one thing I'd like to do is like, you know, get into like SDR managing. The other thing is kind of not, is it's kind of a little bit different. I really would like to like maybe even get into training and help people onboard and help build the foundation so that when they, they are an SDR that they hit the ground running and that they have the confidence and they know how to use the tools and, um, and then, so, you know, just be that constant support for them. So those are two things I'm kind of interested in right now. Okay. Well, I do, I do kind of feel like you're, you're, you're that guy. I would love to, you know, have a training session with you and you, you can just walk me through because like you really give that vibe of just like, um maturity and like you know i know that whatever you tell me i'm gonna feel better so like i have that 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 life from you um anyway so um uh what what would be like a, a final message whatever we want to call it to sdrs out there or rather folks who are trying to break in and become sdrs will be your message to them um i would say do the research on the company that you want to work for look at the product that and find something that you're passionate about. And if it's something that you like, for instance, like in the data world, if you want to be 
like a superhero in fraud and be a crime fighter, that type of mentality. I mean, yeah, get into the fintech data world and cybersecurity, that kind of thing. But find something that you're you're genuinely interested in, because if you're genuinely interested, you'll be able to you'll be able to learn it faster. And then once you do find a, like an industry, then start start doing research on it. Go to like RepView and find out, um, you know, what people are making. Is this it, would this be a good to, um, a good career for you? Um, and then two other things I would just say if you want to break into the the uh, SDR world is find your voice. Know that not everybody's the same. Like I I work with some people that are super high energy and they're they reflect that on their phone calls. They're just, they're like, you know, hey, step on this Nick, da, 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 da. like it's just high energy and stuff. That's not really me. I'm more of kind of a chill laid back person. Um, and there's no right or wrong way, but find your voice because you can't, like, I can't be a Josh Braun. Like I can't be, the, uh, you know, Chris Voss. Like I, that is not my personality to be like direct and stuff, but they have good stuff to, that you can listen to but find your voice and then just be confident. Like, just know that you you have a lot to bring to the table that um, a company would be honestly lucky to have you and know that your skills would help grow the company and not, not just um, another job, but actually you, you can be an individual contributor and that you can have an impact. But just knowing that going into um, a conversation with an, a recruiter is huge because then you're not thinking, well, I've never cold called before. Well, yeah, but you know how to use a phone and you, and as long as you have confidence, you can do that. And you, everything is those soft skills and stuff are the ones that, um, are trainable. So you, you can definitely do that. So I would say confidence and finding your voice and yeah, and do some research. Amazing. I don't have anything to add. I'm just gonna go to the next question. This was amazing. Um, so we're going to go into the rapid questions uh, part and then we can start wrapping up. Cool. Okay. Okay. So rapid questions. Let's go. Um, best SDR learning resource. Uh, probably HubSpot. HubSpot has tons of certifications that you can learn and it's free. That's really cool. Nobody has said HubSpot so far and they literally have like an academy of free stuff that, that you can, you can take. Yep. Amazing. Okay. Best SDR skill. Confidence. Be confident. Oh, yeah. Awesome. What is, in your mind, one of the best SDR creator or creators to follow? Ooh. Um, gosh, I, I'm my mind's going blank. I, I really like, I like Josh Braun and Chris Voss because they're so confident. I love this. I, I would say Kyle Coleman is probably my favorite because he's more of my personality. And more chill and just hey let's talk about this and it's nice so i would say kyle coleman's probably my my favorite nice kyle coleman is probably my uh pick number one for a boss if i wanted one i would yeah. probably want to have kyle as my boss okay um what is your favorite sdr channel my favorite channel like what do you mean Meaning sorry. like cold email, LinkedIn. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, my, mine's uh, LinkedIn for sure. LinkedIn messaging is my favorite. There we go. Awesome. Uh, what is your, okay. So favorite, let's say LinkedIn message opener, how you reach out to people and maybe you can share a cold call opener that you use. Um, yeah. So for, for cold LinkedIn messaging, it'll be like, 
hey, Joe, I'm uh, new to the fintech world, love to connect with you. Um, saw your profile, looks pretty interesting. And just keep it real simple, but more of just a, hey, you can help me out. Um, and my my favorite cold call one is like, hey, Stefan, this is Nick. Yep, this is a cold call. And if you're willing to roll the dice, I'd love to chat with you for 17 seconds. It's kind oh, of a pattern. I want to talk with you, dude. <laughs> no, but th this was this was so smooth. Like, I, I felt like, yep, yeah, sure. Why why wouldn't we talk? Let's talk. Okay, oh, right. amazing. <laughs> Wait, by the way, well, regarding your LinkedIn, let's. Uh, it sounds more like a connection request message, um, or, or or like probably the first message that you send once you're connected. So what's the like? Do you get responses on that? Like, do you start so, conversations? So, this is my like my secret. So the first one is connection. Um, try to make it sound like even if you're connecting with multiple people, you can still use the same messaging. But but say like, hey, you know, I'm I'm kind of new to this this role or I'm new to this industry. Um, love to connect with. Uh, I always put something funny like uh, I like rad people like you or awesome people like you. And then if I don't get a response, I'll still follow up. I'll see if they if they do connect. Let's say they do a connection. Then my second one to them is. Hey, Stefan, thanks for connecting. If there's anybody in my network that I can introduce you to, let me know. I'd be happy to help. That one, 90% of the time, gets some kind of response. It's either, hey, thanks, or right back at you, anything like that. And then my third one, which sounds like a lot of work, but it really isn't. The third one is just, um, uh, sorry, now I'm blanking, but it's, I'll, I'll put in brackets, hey, this is my shameless plug. Hey, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't tell you that I'm an SDR here at P People Data Labs. And then I'll say, like, you know, we have 3.2 billion personal profiles, 18 million company profiles. If you guys are looking for data, I'd love to chat with you. And then just keep it real simple. And if they say no thanks, then I follow up with the fourth one. This with is just a uh, a GIF. So I'll put like the no. I'll look up no worries, and I'll put a GIF that's like somebody just something funny that always sticks out. So those are like four messages that. I, I'm doing really well on my outbound with that. This is go awesome. You're like you, you're lucky because this podcast is very small and not a lot of people are gonna hear this. But like this is this is LinkedIn failed 101. I think like and I think especially the second message that you send, which is like, hey, I'm gonna give something to you. So like you know you're the one providing value, even though like okay, obviously we can. You know, I can go through your profile. I can reach out to people, but still, I've never heard about this like of this message, and this is really, really awesome. Okay, thanks for sharing. Yeah, and I would say too is making and that if somebody does reach out to me and say, "Hey, do you know anybody at you know some company? I don't know, like Visa, Mastercard, or Amazon, or something?" I'll be like, "Oh, well, let me check," and then I'll look and I'll say, "Oh, okay, well, I know maybe a product manager." I just leverage LinkedIn, like even though I'm. I'm connected to somebody. Obviously, I've probably never talked to a product manager at eBay or Google or something, right? But we're connected. So I'm just going to leverage that because that's what LinkedIn's all about. So I'll be like, hey, Stefan, product manager at you know Apple, I want to introduce you to so-and-so and, -so and they, uh, they sell this, just wanted to introduce you guys. I've done that a bunch of times too. I don't get anything out of it other than the fact that now I have two people that I'm connected with on LinkedIn that I actually... I'm like, oh, I've had a connection with you. It's a legitimate connection, not just I have, you know, 30,000 connections. You're just one of many. It's like, oh, I'm actually helping somebody. So that's, that's helpful. Exactly. That's so, but basically, I don't think there's like a downside to it, right? 
I mean, has it ever backfired or anything? No, because I'm not, I'm not vouching. I'm, I'm not vouching for either one. I'm just saying, Hey, yeah. you, you have this need, you have this need, it, they align. I'm just going to introduce you guys, you guys hash it out and then they take it offline. And then that's, it goes from there, but all that's all you're doing is leveraging the tool. Nice. Nice. That's really awesome. Okay. Let me see. So the next one is what is your favorite call to action? My favorite call to action is um, honestly, it's just on my email, my, most of the emails I send, it's just like, um, sound interesting, let's chat. And then just put a hyperlink in there to my calendar link. Um, I mean, that's just, that's just my favorite call to action is, is sometimes people say, don't put um, calendar links or anything yeah. in Gene. Um, but I find that it's pretty, pretty effective. Gotcha. Now, I think that, you know, depending on the industry and how your prospects react to, you know, whatever you're doing with them is the only, like the, the final uh, determine, determinator, am I pronouncing that properly? Um, <laughs> it's probably, it's basically the main thing that determines what you're going to do because like interest-based call to actions, like uh, time-based call to actions, this or that, like as long as your prospects are positively reacting to what you're doing, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Okay. But uh, how do you book, a, like, for example, at the end of a, a cold call, you would probably be like, you know, hey, let me stop you there. Uh, maybe we should take this, you know, and chat when I'm not, you know, uh, pinging you out of the blue or something like that. How does that look like? Um, yeah. So if if we have a conversation and they want to roll the dice and they want to talk for 17 seconds, I do my pitch and they're like, they're like, yeah, that's you know, that's actually pretty interesting. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about you know what kind of customer schema do you have or something? Then what I'll do is I'll say, you know what. Um, I can answer that now and that's great. Um, what I'd like to do is maybe just book some time where I can actually give you a demo and show you um, how our tool looks as far as uh, like the JSON response. Um, would you be able to meet later this week at, and then just pick a day? Like, would you wanna meet this, this Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time? Would that work for you? Um, and then if you have anybody else you wanna bring on the call, let me know and I can have a data consultant on the call with you. Yeah, there we go, there we go. That's smooth as hell, I like it. It's just relationship. Have to be real. Yeah. This is you yeah. have to be real and, and not think about what you're going to say next. Just how am I going to help this person? And in turn, it ends up helping you because then you get a booked meeting and you can get a and you know enterprise sales rep on the call or somebody else that needs to. Yep. What is your um, favorite tech sales acronym? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I really even have one. Like, I, I don't have an answer to that question. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Let's just use ESR. You just used it. Or maybe, or, or maybe we can use uh, a PDL. That still works, right? People yeah, less. PDL is probably my favorite one since they pay me, so. <laughs> that's, 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 there we go. Okay. Um, okay. Super SDR, Nick. This was awesome. I really enjoyed our chat. Uh, finally, the third the third time that we are trying to do this. Um, okay, to be fair, the first time was just you measuring whether this makes sense or not. And, and let's be honest there. Um, and then the second one, sorry about the camera. But anyway, I'm, I'm very happy you wanted to do this. I'm very happy I got to share with the audience your experience and your expertise. And, you know, you really do have a rich background. And I think a lot of us can learn from you. So, So thank you very much. 
Well, thank you for having me. I was this was really fun, and I'm glad I rolled the dice to see if I wanted to talk to you. <laughs> I'm glad as well. I'm glad as well. I guess I did my call pitch properly, right? Yeah, you did. Oh, awesome. Uh, okay, that's it. Thank you for your time, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll see you around. All right, sounds good. Thank you for tuning in to the SDR Hire podcast, the only podcast exclusively focused on SDRs where successful salespeople share about their hiring stories and sales adventures straight from the trenches. If you found this useful, go ahead and share it with someone else you know is trying to break into tech or land their next SDR gig. You can find SDR Hire on all major podcast platforms as well as YouTube. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already and catch you in the next episode.